You miss out on so much of what God has done, why these things have happened, and even some of the disasters and hardships that have brought around. You realize that God's doing a supernatural thing through these natural occurrences. And so we've got this man and this, this woman. Joseph becomes betrothed, and betrothed, just think, engaged for the most part. And they're engaged together. Now they weren't to come together sexually, but apparently Joseph's got to wonder what in the world is going on. Well, let me tell you what in heaven is going on, Joseph. Mary, who is a woman just like any other woman, she's a woman who needed a Savior. She expressed that later on in Luke chapter 2. She is blessed amongst women because this is the woman who God has chosen to bring forth his son into the world. Joseph, you're not going to understand all of these details, and I can imagine Joseph just had to be so overwhelmed. But just as Caesar was unwilling to swallow his pride, Joseph did. See, he could have gotten revenge, and that's probably more what it would have been, because the law allowed him, if she committed adultery, which seemingly she has, he could have had her stoned to, to death. But Joseph was a mindset to put her away quietly. But then an angel met him one night. And what is an angel? An angel is a messenger. What does a messenger deliver? He delivers the word of God. And he delivered the word of God to Joseph so that Joseph understood. Again, I don't think in detail had to overwhelm him because even for me today, the, the word of God and the ways of God can be so overwhelming to us. But nonetheless, he was obedient. And so here we have this time. Joseph knows one thing I need to do. I need to get back to Bethlehem. I need to go on that journey. I believe it was about a three-day journey walking. I don't know how much longer it would have been on a donkey with a pregnant wife. And you can be saying, Lord, can't we work this out a little bit better? I mean, a pregnant woman on a, on a donkey? My wife didn't like driving down the street when she was pregnant, and this woman's going to be riding on a donkey? I wish I was saved during that time, because I could have used that when my wife complained. Hey, Mary had to ride on a donkey, so you know what? Quit complaining. But they did. They did. Why? Because they had to, because there had to be the fulfillment of the Scriptures. And the scriptures say that it is Bethlehem where the Savior needs to be born. And so you see all of this busyness when you wonder what in the world is going on. Well, there's quite a bit that is going on. We look in our society, what in the world's going on? Well, there's still a lot going on. The world stays very busy. What in heaven's name is going on? God is constantly doing a work. He's constantly doing a work, and he's doing the same work. The same work that he did back then, he is doing today. He's doing a work for the salvation of mankind. He's sending that Savior because we know that that Savior, before he went from here to there, there was the cross that was necessary. He was hung on a tree. He was hung on a tree, that, that wooden cross, so that we would know and understand that the sins that we have committed... God being a just God, well, there had to be the penalty paid. And somebody had to pay the penalty. But the problem is, if you think about it, how could I possibly pay the penalty? There's certain things that, well, the penalty, the penalty would be death. And the penalty for sins, regardless of the sins that we've committed, is death. Because God is perfectly pure. And nothing that is undefiled can enter into his presence. And that being the case... Again, for me to pay the penalty, it would be a perpetual penalty. It would be a price that I could never pay. But there was one, that baby who was born into this world for 33 years, never committed a sin. That baby is God. 
And God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. He only had one requirement, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, would not ever have to try to pay that perpetual penalty, but that person might be saved. And so that child grew to be a man. He was hung upon the cross. God, he's doing the natural, or sorry, he's doing the supernatural naturally. It was necessary for Jesus to learn, we see in the scripture. It was necessary for Jesus to grow. It was necessary for Jesus to be trained up by his parents. It was necessary for Jesus to be instructed. It was necessary for Jesus to go through all that a person goes through in those first 33 years of their life. But he had a destination and he had a nature that none of us have. He had that nature of God and that he was truly God. He was truly man, there's no doubt about it, but the perfect bridge between God and man. Again, the image of the invisible God, we're told in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. We're, we're told that so that we know and we understand when we look at Jesus, we look into the face of God. Mary, did you know? How could Mary possibly know the magnitude when she would look down at this baby and look into this baby's eyes? When she looked into this baby, baby's eyes, in actuality, she was seeing eternity for all of humanity. She was seeing the grace of God and the love of God revealed to mankind. This baby who it was, well, we're told that the prophecy was given a sword was going to pierce her heart. Now, I know we have people here that have lost children and have lost grandchildren, and my heart still grieves for you because I can't even comprehend what that must mean. But to look down at that child and to understand the prophecies that have been coming true and realize the ones that have still been given will come true and to know that one day that child is going to go to the cross is going to have to be a very hard and difficult thing to imagine you know, for a mother. But that baby, that baby grew to be a man and that man was faithful and we praise God that that baby was faithful. And that ch child who grew to be a man who hung upon that cross is seated upon the throne. And as I said, we're going to look at that on Christmas Day and all that that means and all that entails. But know this, your Savior sits in the position of authority that he rules over the affairs of all of mankind. So the things that are happening supernaturally are happening by his hands. They happen in a natural way, but never fail to see the miracles of God, especially the miracles of God and the subtleties of God. Because if you do, you're just going to miss so much in your Christian life. Verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now I'm thinking, shouldn't we strike out that word, be? The days were completed for her to deliver. That's what they called it when my kids were born. But it wasn't that she was delivering the Messiah. It was that the Messiah was going to come and all of humanity was going to be delivered. All of mankind was to be delivered from their sinful nature. And so this time is coming, this God-ordained time, or what's called in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the fullness of God's time. The fullness of God's time, as I've mentioned before, and most of the church has heard this before, but God, God has wiped out all borders. He's done so through Rome, well, actually, really, through Greece. Rome entered into what Greece had done. A common language, Koinonia, Greek. And again, all roads, all roads truly did lead to Rome. And actually, they led throughout all of the Roman Empire. And so, really, all of these seeds have been sown and the, the stage is set for the gospel to enter in. And that's why the gospel spread as it did. And it spread very quickly, rapidly, and very 
thoroughly, and it continues to do so today, even 2,000 years later. Not only was Mary delivered, but we were all delivered because of that birth of that baby. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him at the inn. There was no room for him to stay where normal people stayed. I say normal people, I should say, I guess, average people. He was born amongst his creation, and he was born in a very humble manner. But he was born that way, once again, that the scriptures would be fulfilled so that we would know and understand who it was, who was, seated, uh, uh, who was nailed upon that cross and then later seated upon that throne. Now, who did he come for? Well, he came for all of humanity because God desires for all men to be saved. The Bible's very clear in that, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But he came for especially the people who were kind of forgotten by society, for a lot of the people who were cast out, and such were some of you. Those people who, within ourselves, we know that we're no prize. There's nothing special about any of us except for how God has viewed us and then understanding the magnitude of the price that God paid for us. And so really what we're looking at here is we're looking at what Paul described as the off-scouring of the world. And these were personified in these shepherds that are here. These shepherds, more than likely, especially, well, you would have Jerusalem, and then you would have the Mount of Olives, and then Bethlehem is just right over the ridge there. And because of its proximity to Jerusalem, that would be the perfect place to raise the sheep. Because springtime is coming, and with springtime is the Passover time. With Passover comes a multitude of sacrifice that is necessary, but just even the everyday sacrifices that are necessary, there was quite a few sheep that were required of it. And so these shepherds were more than likely the ones who were keeping these lambs. And so it says, now there were, in verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord, a messenger of God, stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The glory of God, I think, is to show that these angels came from the throne room of God. And what are they reflecting? They're reflecting that which God has reflected to them. They're reflecting to these shepherds, and it just adds the weight towards this message. And then the angel, notice it says an angel, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This isn't just to Israel, it's not just to those shepherds, but all humanity. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, we know that to be what was said previously, Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards mankind. So, here's the ultimate in peace. We sing silent night and very peaceful song. We desire peace in this lifetime, and it seems like in order to obtain peace, man goes to war and he just can't figure it out. But here what we have here isn't the, this is not the peace and goodwill, peace on earth and goodwill towards man that comes from man. This is peace on earth and goodwill towards man that comes from God. What do you want for Christmas? I was asked that 
There's nothing I really want anymore. My kids, Dad, what does Dad want for Christmas? Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I just want health. I want health for my family. I want peace within my family that we're able to come together and enjoy one another. And here's where I can go off on the madhouse that my house has been for the last couple of days with all seven grandkids that are there and all of that. And, you know, my wife says, hey, don't make a mess back there. And right when she said that, I heard all of the Legos being dumped out of the the big pail. And they're the real little Legos. And they're spread all over the place. And you know what Legos are. They're really landmines. If you step on one, you'll know. Most of you, I'm sure, have at some point. But it's this piece of earth on earth that comes from God and 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 that's what I rejoice in I rejoice in the peace that we have within the body of Christ come from a right relationship with Jesus Christ I rejoice in the peace that I have in my relationship with my wife my daughter Jamie came out from Colorado with her husband and her two kids and uh, my daughter Kelly from Yucca Valley and my daughter Chelsea who lives in Ontario and just to have my grandkids around me and just just the blessing that 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 is and the peace that it brings to the soul and all of this has come as a gift from God why because of that original gift from God Christ our Savior who was born verse 15 so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another let us now go to Bethlehem and see the things that have come to pass which the Lord has made known to us and then they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart again Mary was probably about 14 years old can you imagine the magnitude of what's been going on in her life then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and it was told them and so you have these shepherds these shepherds are these men who have been ministering to the people if you will through providing these sheep these sheep these lambs that would be made as a sacrifice why well these lambs that would be made as a sacrifice for the purpose of the covering of sin but now as John the Baptist had told them they've seen something and they've seen something amazing they have now seen the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world or as the Bible says cast our sins as far as the east is from the west no longer just covering sin but doing away with sin and these men who knew lambs so well these men were experts in what a lamb is, is now seeing the perfection of all lambs. And so my encouragement to you today is to look upon that baby in the manger and ponder that baby in the manger. Look upon that baby who grew to be a man who was upon the cross and understand he came as a perfect gift just for you to pay the price for your sins. But also it doesn't stop at the cross because he was raised on the third day and now he is seated upon the throne. There's going to come about a week from now that we're going to take that throne down and we're going to probably put it in the trash. It served its purpose. It's not the throne of God. It's a representation of the throne of God. The throne of God is the place of glory. It's the place that one day we will all go and that place we will all be. And we so look forward to that day because of the work that was done upon the cross, because a Savior was sent. And so today... There's that mad rush to the mall. Back then, it was that journey to the stall. Today, it's all about the buying of presents. Then, it was a desire to worship in his presence. 
Today it's Santa Claus, reindeer, lights, and trees. Then it was the simplicity of all and these shepherds who were called to come and to bow down before him. And so I remember the first Christmas that I had, and not as a child, but as a born-again believer. The first Christmas that I had as a born-again believer it was also special. I had gotten saved about six months before. And got right, and then all of a sudden, these Christmas carols that I had heard all of my life, now all of a sudden, they're making sense. Now all of a sudden, I'm understanding the reason and the purpose for them, and I know the one whom they are talking about. He's my Savior. He's my God. And, and, and so I, we're, we're taking Christmas out, and we're setting Christmas up, as I'm sure we all did. We did it here at the church. I've done it at my house, and I'm sure most of you have done it at your house. A lot of these things are memories, maybe some of the things even all the way back, if you're an old person like me, to your childhood. And, and, and just how special all of that is, and there's just that joy, and you know, just in the evening, and have the lights of a Christmas tree, and how glorious that is. Just keep that mindset. Keep that mindset just simply throughout the year. Because although you can put Christmas away, you can't put Christ away. Man tries to do so even proclaiming himself to be him. But Christ is the one who is seated upon the throne. And one day, you'll come before that throne, and you will bow down. Matter of fact, before you even enter in, they're going to give you some rewards. We've seen the crowns, and these will be crowns that you will understand. The reward that I've been given for the humble things that I have done in this life, it's all because of him. It's all because of what he has done. And it's then that you lay your glory, such as it is, before the one who is all glorious. And you bow yourself down before him and you submit yourself to him because you have done so here on earth. And so we just worship the Lord today. We worship the Lord because of his goodness. We worship the Lord because of his majesty. And we worship the Lord because of his holiness. My desire is, again, for the church's hearts to be set right before God, to be reminded in the midst of all the busyness, that's the way it's always been, that we would realize God does the supernatural through the natural. And you know what? We're just natural people who have become born again. God's able to do supernatural through you as well. We're going to be going into unsaved homes, family members and whatnot. God, don't shell them short in what he's able to do. If you do not know the Lord today, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And again, it's the Christmas story once more. If you're feeling anxious today, that's just simply conviction of the Holy Spirit, God that convicts us that we would know. I can remember somebody invited me to a, a church service. It wasn't anything to do with Christmas so much. And I remember a man gave a message, and as he gave the message, my heart, I was convicted. I was kind of mad, but I was also kind of sad sad at where I was with the Lord and knew I needed to respond to that and I ended up putting it off for another, I don't know, 15 years or whatever decision that I needed to make. But the Bible says today is the day for salvation. Today is the day because as we see all the madness of the world, we don't know that we even have an, another day. And so there's these things that we, we need to consider. Salvation, it's God doing the supernatural by natural means. There's no hallelujah chorus involved in this. It's about confessing the Lord Jesus and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, then I'll be saved or I'll become born again. We need to realize the sinners that we are, but we need to repent of those sins. But we must come to Christ. We must believe in him. 
And then that baby who was birthed in a, a stable will be rebirthed within your heart. And it will change the way that you look at life and the way you look at eternity for all time. But again, the decision is yours. This is something you can do in the midst of the church here today. It's something you can do alone at home, maybe even at night laying in bed. God, if God is truly real, if God is truly there, and you ask God to reveal himself to you, he'll reveal himself to you. You have to put off your preconceived notions, but God will do that. God's done it even here this morning. Father, once again, we just thank you for your goodness and graciousness. And Lord, I lift up those who are here this morning, and I just pray, Father, for your church, God, that we would truly rejoice in these things, understanding the magnitude of this good work that you have done. Lord, I thank you for this time that we have this feeling of family, Lord. There's, there's um, goodies outside. There's a great time of fellowship and the movie night we're having tonight and our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day service that are still to come. And just pray, Father, that we would not look at these things burdensome or something we have to do. No such thing as a holy day of obligation. But, Father, we would find joy in these things. And, Lord, just as we were able to worship you, we had our choir up here that was leading us. God, we still have another song left. And I pray, Lord, that we would end this well and that, God, we would truly sing these songs out with all of our heart, understanding, Lord, that this is worship unto you. And again, if you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, ask God to reveal himself to you. And as he does, just submit yourself to his will according to the word of God. Just say, Lord, forgive me a sinner, and God is faithful to answer that prayer, to do something very supernatural, just through very natural means. And so, Father, we just thank you, God, for your good gift that has continued to give throughout all of the ages, and pray, God, that you would forever just simply, Lord, reveal these things to us and give us understanding and wisdom in them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you all stand, please?